and welcome to Device Week from EdTech Insight. I'm Editor Reed Miller, and with me today is Editor Marion Webb and our UK-based reporter, Barnaby Pickering. So this is going to be the last edition of Device Week before we transition to a new MedTech monthly podcast in June. That podcast will offer us a lot more flexibility in the format, make it easier for us to offer our readers a broader variety of conversations and information about the MedTech world. So look for that starting in June. Of course, it'll be accessible on all the major podcast platforms as well as from our website. So let's start with Marion. Now, Marion, you've been covering quite a bit about medical robotics in the last few weeks and one of the topics that we are following very closely. Yes, Reed. So how how would you feel about getting your blood drawn from a fully automated robot? It's not something that is available in the U.S. yet, but if all goes as planned, Dutch-based medical robotics company Vitestro hopes to bring its fully automated blood drawing and testing device to European hospitals and clinics in 2024. That's pending approval by European regulators. So I spoke with Vitesto's CEO and co-founder who told me that the company is unveiling its system, which doesn't have a name yet, at the annual meeting of the Netherlands Society for Clinical Chemistry and Laboratory Medicine. That conference is taking place this week in Rotterdam and he said what makes this system unique is that it's the very first blood drawing robot. It combines AI-based ultrasound-guided reconstruction with robotic needle insertion and blood collection. So how it works is picture yourself walking into a clinic and you're given a cartridge with the blood tubes inside. So then you walk over to the device and insert the cartridge into the robot. After confirming your identity, the patient then sits down, puts the forearm into the machine, presses start, and then the process ultimately begins where the machine applies the tourniquet to your arm and then uses infrared to identify the vein and ultrasound to track the vein, and after creating a 3D reconstructed image to determine optimal placement, the robot inserts the needle into the vein to collect the blood. And then after the needle goes in, draws the blood into the tubes, the device even puts a bandage on your arms. At no point is there any other human hand involved. All right, well, that sounds both incredible and I'm sure a little bit scary for a lot of people. I agree, but the company tells me that several studies at clinics and hospitals that aim to evaluate exactly how comfortable patients would be to be poked essentially by a robot versus having their blood drawn the traditional way found encouraging results. According to the studies, the majority of people said they'd be willing to give the robot a try, and many already have. Some 1,500 blood draws have been performed with a prototype device on a 1,000 patients, the company told me. And in the coming year, the company will conduct clinical trials with a final device for data submission for the CE mark in Europe. All right. So what are the benefits of this over doing it the way it's done now? So far, in terms of accuracy in drawing blood, it is on par with standard blood drawing, I was told by the company. But the CEO hopes that by getting more data to enhance the AI and the robot, it will improve performance. Automation takes out variability in terms of skills of having your, your blood drawn uh, manually, which would also be beneficial to patients and healthcare workers. Um, that's how the CEO sees it. And he also pointed to the rising shortage of healthcare workers in Europe. By implementing a robot, health systems could free up time for these healthcare professionals to tend to other patients. 
questions. You also recently wrote about two other robotic companies coming out of that same incubator in Israel. Yes, so the robotics companies I wrote about are Exact Robotics and Microbot Medical, two very different robotics companies, but I highlighted them in my exact chat with Professor Moshe Shoham, who leads the renowned Technion Israel Institute of Technology, which is the incubator where both of these systems were first developed. One of the better known companies that were also started by Professor Shoam is Mazer Robotics, which was sold to Medtronic for $1.6 billion back in 2018. And his newest company, Foresight, is developing a robot for eye surgery. It's in the very early stages, but Dr. Shoam told me that he's so confident in the technology that he will volunteer to be the very first human to have eye surgery using this robot when it gets to that stage of development. Yeah, I guess that shows his confidence in it. That's great insight. Obviously, you're going to continue to be on top of robotics. So I'll switch to Barnaby now. Now, Barnaby, you've been spending an awful lot of time covering the diabetes technology. Sure. So to put it simply, the diabetes space is kind of going crazy right now, both in terms of sensors and pumps. Abbott just today got U.S. authorization for its Freestyle Libra 3 system. What's major about this news is that it is now the smallest and most accurate sensor available, pipping Dexcom's 8.7% MARD, mean absolute relative difference value, with its own 7.9% MARD. MARD, mean absolute relative difference, is simply the difference between measured and actual blood glucose levels. A smaller value is better, so now that that's shown that Freestyle's Libra 3 outperforms Dexcom's G7. Okay, where does that leave all the competition? So for Abbott, it's great, but very much expected news that opens up a huge commercial market. For its chief competitor, Dexcom, this could be a pretty disastrous um, approval in the long term. Dexcom has in the past relied on being the premium glucose monitor manufacturer, charging prices higher than others. And quite simply, the Libra 3 outcompetes the G7. Abbott isn't a diabetes company. It merely has a division that focuses on diabetes. For Dexcom to be beaten is almost embarrassing for the company, which has seen its value decline by roughly 50% over the past six months. But this news, like I said before, has been expected for a while. Glucose monitors don't just appear out of nowhere. They take a number of years to develop. This means that preliminary data about the Freestyle Libra 3 has been around for a couple of years now and has been presented in the past at conferences like ATTD and ADA each year. This could be part of why Dexcom share price has roughly halved over the past six months and may also be the impetus for the rumours that Dexcom was in talks to buy Insulet, which is the activity going on in the insulin pump market. Dexcom may ultimately lose the race in the CGM space and be forced to diversify. Their lead product simply isn't best in show any longer. As a note for listeners, particularly those who subscribe to both MedTech Insight and Invivo, um, I will be publishing a number of stories over the next couple of weeks talking about non-invasive blood glucose measurement. Recently, I've been speaking to a number of companies working on these technologies and it seems that over the past 12 months several of these have kind of matured to the point where valuable clinical results are being obtained at least in internal studies. These technologies are still likely several years away from the market, but I think it's important that people are aware of how fast technology in the space is shifting. Yeah, thanks for that, Barnaby. We seem to have something new on that every single day. Well, that's it for this week. You can find these articles and a whole lot more right now at MedTech Insight. In addition to all this, we've got, for example, an article on Medtronic's plan to spin off its kidney care company into a joint venture. We have a bunch of recent executive interviews, and we are adding more every week. There's a piece 
piece there about the impact of the government's small business innovation grant program and a lot on international efforts to improve the clinical trial system, including making it easier to get a more diverse patient population into the trial. Um, You might also want to check out a podcast we did as a crossover with the rest of our publications within Informa Pharma Intelligence. That's all about uh, Dr. Kalis' first 100 days as the FDA commissioner. So check that out. Like I said, you can always look for us on LinkedIn and Twitter and all the major audio platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Spotify, of course. Thanks and have a great summer. 